0: ABC Listen podcasts, radio, news, music, and more. The longer that I am working in this kind of area of religious studies and talking to people from diverse religious backgrounds, it's like, you know, what's a religion? Well, you know, like it's kind of like pornography. It's like, <laughs> like I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I can't give you a definition, but I know it when I see it, like. <laughs>
1: So there's a site that people from all over the world make a pilgrimage to, and when they arrive, they passionately sing special songs, and they wear ceremonial clothes, and at the centre of it all is an iconic character, lovingly crafted by a great creator. Kind of sounds like a religion, doesn't it? But I'm actually talking about Disney, because some people who study religion for a living say there's more crossover than you might think. I'm Tegan Taylor and this is QuickSmart, a show that feeds you big ideas in bite-sized pieces. So how do we define a religion? And is Disney about to become our newest one? How will modernising our understanding of what makes a religion affect big things like tax laws or human rights? One person who has been diving deeper into this than a Little Mermaid is Rowan Salmon. Hey, Rowan. Hey, Tegan. (laughs) So, there's a lot to unpack here. I really want to get into what we actually mean when we say religion. But I think first of all, we need to talk about Disney. You've spent a lot of time deep diving into fandoms on your show, Soul Search. So, what is a Disney adult and why have you been looking into this?
0: So, a Disney adult is someone who engages with Disney films and theme parks and conventions and things like that, but without children. They might have grown up very into Disney and then instead of maybe leaving that behind or mellowing out about it a little bit, they've gotten even more intense in their adulthood.
1: And that, like, isn't just kind of vibing it really hard. They're sort of having major life events attached to it.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's pretty common for people to get married at Disney, uh, to mourn loved ones. Um, People will make kind of like an annual pilgrimage. It's become sort of like a subculture, which has grown over probably the 90s and the and the 2000s, but really took off like in the 2010s on websites like Tumblr.
1: So then let's talk about religion and, and whether these mm. sorts of things do cross the line into religion. And it's not just us plucking this out of the air. The Disney adults example has been sort of used as a bit of a thought experiment among people who study such things.
0: Yeah. So Like many people in the media, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. and uh, Pray for ourselves. Yeah, I know, right. (laughs) Um, And I started to see a lot of people posting about, you know, Disney adults and like Disney as a religion. I'm thinking like, what's going on here? A religious studies professor, Jody Eichler-Levine, had weighed into some discourse about a couple that had gotten married at the Disney parks and had spent a lot of money um, on having Mickey and Minnie show up to their reception. Um, And she said, you shouldn't bully Disney adults. This is actually far more normal than you realize. And actually for a lot of these folks, it's kind of like a religion. And a lot of religious people got quite upset by this, partly because the Disney adult, as you might find it online, sort of a maligned subculture. It's like painfully earnest. People sort of treat them as if they're like very naive about how the world is. And it was surprising to a lot of people, but actually Jody's been working on the intersection between Disney and religion or Disney and spirituality, the role that Disney plays in the spiritual lives of people who are really into it for many years. Um, and she's writing a book about it. So I thought I really want to have her on <laughs> on Soul Search. I think that she sounds like a really interesting person.
1: Okay, so let's talk about religion. Yeah. What are the hallmarks of religion that Jody and other scholars in that area are recognizing when they're seeing people who are just like what we would probably otherwise define as just being super into something?
0: Yeah, I think for Jody, she sees these Disney adults engaging in the ritual side of religion because religion isn't just like an intellectual affirmation of particular doctrines like that's actually a really Christian or like Protestant idea about what faith is there's also you know the tradition the ritual the community and these are coming through really strongly in the Disney adult phenomenon there are certain ideas about like magic in everyday life you know good triumphing over evil which people work into the way that they see the world. It's kind of like a spiritual framework. And obviously not everyone does this, but using the tools of religious studies to analyse the Disney adult phenomenon kind of reveals a lot of things about human community and desire for something more.
1: Am I right in thinking it's not really trying to make Disney into a religion? Like that was the criticism that you said Mm. people gave to this idea when it came up, but what lies under it is what makes something like a legit religion with all the trappings that comes along with that and what's not so what does make something art religion that we respect as a religion
0: I mean I, a lot of people were saying like well Disney can't be in the same category as uh, more traditional religions because you know it's so new but actually like there are a lot of new religious movements uh, that crop up and die off and all kinds of things. That's actually a really normal part of human society. You know, people saying, actually, it's not religion, it's commercial, but actually like religion has a big commercial aspect to it as well. The more that you look at it, the less clear the boundary between traditional faiths and these kind of, maybe you want to call them secular religions, it's a grey area, particularly for religious studies academics. Um, I think for theologians, like obviously it's quite different and it's all context specific, right? So uh, for someone like Jody, this is a really useful way of analysing both Disney adults, but then it also tells us something about American religion, public life as well. It's not just an academic question. The
1: answer to these questions about like where we draw the line with what's secular and what's religious has like real world implications because religious organisations get things like tax exemptions. And Mm. there are religious freedoms that sort of protect people from behaving in the way that's relevant to their religion. So being able to make a good definition around this is actually really important.
0: Yeah. So treating Disney uh, as a religion in the religious study space isn't necessarily saying like, oh, Disney should be tax exempt. Like that's not actually where they're coming from. But these situations function as like test cases for things like tax law or, you know, what do we value in our public discourse? Like whose point of view do we listen to? And actually like, Religious points of view actually do get a pretty good airing <laughs> in our in our public discourse. We've seen it around like same sex marriage and you know all kinds of things. And so, like trying to work out as a community what kind of counts in inverted commas is actually more important than just kind of like someone off in a department somewhere kind of noodling around writing a book. Like it's it has real world implications
1: and with test cases like there's also been legal test cases mm. around new religions not disney mm. but things like scientology
0: yeah so in australia um scientology was actually banned for a while and has come all the way from that point to actually being recognized as a religion and it went all the way to the high court so in australia the definition for what counts as a religion it, there is like a belief aspect but also a practice aspect. And this was all about whether or not the Church of Scientology had to pay income tax on its revenue. And for a time, it did, because it wasn't counted as religion. Now it doesn't, because it is a religion. Another recent case was to do with the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster in South Australia. It went to tribunal about whether or not it was a religion. And I mean, in South Australia, Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, they actually have a building. Um, they have people who act as clergy, but the tribunal found that, no, it's not a religion because it is like very obviously a parody of other faiths. And so it's not actually doing the same sort of community work that you might find in a religion. And so they don't count as a faith group and get all of the benefits that uh, you would get if you were a recognised charity. So it's not cut and dry many religious studies people would look at the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster and say, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, like it's, it's a duck. Um, that's a religion. But that's not the case for every situation that you might find in law or in public discourse. It doesn't always count. But looking at it in this way functions as a test case for what we think is important.
1: So Disney unlikely to get tax exempt status anytime
0: soon. I doubt it. Maybe if we see churches of Disney on the, on every corner, like maybe, but I I doubt you'll see it within our lifetimes.
1: Fair enough. Thanks Rowan so much for joining me.
0: (laughs) No worries, Teagan.
1: You've been listening to an ABC podcast.